Hey folks, this week's episode is sponsored by VSB Performance. VSB is an integrated sports performance program all done over the web. For one low monthly price, you get access to real, certified sports trainers who work with you through videos that you take in the privacy of your own home, allowing them to tailor a program specifically for you. This is the new way to do fitness. Check out VSB at vsbperformance.com. Enter the offer code MAKEITPOD at checkout for 10% off your first program. Again, that's offer code MAKEITPOD. All right, let's do the show. Are you paying attention here? Your mic's on. Yes. That was a delayed. Yes, so I'm not sure you are really paying attention. <laughs> Caught me in the middle of reading. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, what'd you get into this week? How was your week? It was good. It turned out all right, man. Uh, no, uh, I guess, like, no lack of things to do as usual, right? Because you plan out the week and figure out what uh, what you really need to accomplish and then figure out that, that's not what happens. <laughs> that was uh, your wife changing your plans on you, or <laughs> just uh, having the kiddo around uh, little, uh, dictates what you're doing. A little bit of both, actually, because uh, oftentimes that selective hearing uh, causes me to tune certain things out that my wife said that we were set to do, and I was supposed to be involved. <laughs> yeah, I'm insistent that uh, my wife sends me email invites now she thinks it's ridiculous she has That's to schedule awesome. it but um I, otherwise i i forget and i don't i don't want to forget i don't want to be there and if i have a, an invite I, i'll remember it that is a great idea i'm going to employ that when i get home definitely definitely recommend it so yeah uh, what about yourself man how was the week uh, Did you do some traveling or no traveling uh this week getting ready for a trip coming up uh to cleveland on monday Exciting. I've never been there before, uh, but it's uh, in and out. So I, I was hoping I'd get a chance to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm not going to get to go. So uh, to make another trip back at some point, but uh, uh, should be a fun in and out trip. Uh, going to be in the early morning, but um, something else interesting. I was helping, um, or I was sitting on the back porch this week, and uh, I got a uh, text uh, from my brother. Um, through Google Hangouts, uh, saying, uh, hey, you know, I've lost my phone. Uh, can you call uh, my girlfriend, his girlfriend, yeah. uh, of two years, uh, and let her know, you know, to get on her Gmail account so I can text back and forth with her. Yeah. Um, and I said, sure. What's her number? Uh, he goes, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to call um, oh, man. mom. <laughs> yeah and so i i did i you know i got a hold of my mom got the number um and, and called her and um i didn't disclose until now that he didn't know her number so I, yeah. I hope she hears this and he gets in a little bit of trouble there but uh i thought it was funny how um dependent we become on those those uh devices and that now we're at a point where we don't know uh numbers of those closest to us yeah can you can you honestly say you have 
five different phone numbers memorized anymore? I, I don't have five. I have, I think, my mom, my brother, and my wife and uh, her parents' line from when yeah. uh, we called when we were dating. So I, I have those four. So yeah. I'm not to, f- and mine. Is that five? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I, I think I just have a few actually myself. Uh, I do have my wife's memorized, which is good. Um, but, do you uh, really, or are you just saying that because you know she'll hear this? Yeah, yeah, no, I got it memorized. I think before I actually got in trouble for that, <laughs> but but it, it's definitely changed quite a bit, huh? From growing up in the the days of like the corded phone and the the little mm-hmm. plastic dial. Yeah, I remember, you know, going to the uh, the picture show, yeah. no, the movie theater, and uh, they would. Uh, you know, you'd have to call your mom to come pick you up, and you'd walk over the payphone. Yeah, and yeah. do that. Uh, I don't remember the last time I saw a payphone. Yeah, but uh, I'm glad. I'm glad for phones. Uh, most of the time, uh, sometimes I'd sure like to chuck it away and ignore it for a while. But um, I'm certainly uh, uh, reliant on it. You and me both. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, man. I actually um, got asked to to play some football. So it looks like you and I are going to be playing some football coming up here. I is this going to be? I mean, embarrassing for you. I mean, I'm not bad at, at football. Uh, you know, when <laughs> I, I play, I at, never said you. I didn't expect that you would be. Um, I, I imagine playing against an old guy like yourself. I mean, your ankles could get a little get twisted. Out of here, man! I got mad cuts. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Where are we playing? Like street ball? Uh, or <laughs> yeah yeah the middle of the street no man car no <laughs> no like we'll be playing at like some school so nice i'm looking forward to that yeah it'll be fun we'll we'll de- be sure to recap that here um yeah we'll let you know how it turned out and if uh if kent was able to keep up yeah yeah well he likes I, to I kill think, on me for being a few years older than I, him. I but. think we'll have some pretty positive uh reports about my performance yeah that'll be good I so, love how you immediately jumped to me, me like expecting you to be horrible or something. That's really great. Yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> that's your first thought. I think you'll be impressed. You'll you'll uh, you'll be dreaming about my skills. I think. Um, you you do not appear in any of my dreams anytime. Watch so. tonight. I will because <laughs> you said that. Um, what are we doing on uh, today's show then? Oh man, today's going to be a good one. We're going to dive into basically what drives business here so that is the forefront of sales so what are we going to be talking about generating leads yeah yeah it's uh and we'll dig in to some of more of the finer points uh that if you have any experience in sales that you probably love such as cold calling yeah and 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 cold calling in today's world um it will discuss um whether um, the phone cold calling still is a viable option. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about generating customer referrals. Um, also the value around networking and then, um, really look at some of the marketing channels that you can use in today's market. Um, and, and we're going to really put that into some tangible steps so that hopefully you can go execute on those. Um, and, and they're really valuable, uh, insights that you can take back and, and drive revenue into your business. All right, let's get going.
market. So we're really getting into, I, I think, something people are struggle with and, and um, avoid, uh, but really generating leads to drive revenue into your business. And we're starting here because it doesn't matter if you have the greatest processes in the world uh, or you've got a great strategy for growth. If you can't get business in the door, um, none of that matters. And so we're really starting here. Uh, a really important part of sales, um, but I think a part of sales a lot of folks avoid. Very true, Kent. So what we're going to start digging into is the aspect of cold calling first and foremost. Uh, that's where we're going to start, and we'll kind of taper off from there into some other areas. So let's start Let's start with cold calling. Um, you and I have both done our fair share of this, continue to, sure uh, to this day. Let's start with the first thing people think of when they, they talk about cold calling, and, and that is the phone. Is that still a relevant uh, form of outreach? I think so. I think that it's not it's no longer the the only form obviously in the past you would see that that that's all it was right it was picking up the phone and making calls and trying to get the connection leaving voicemails or messages um, but I think that now it's just as with marketing as a whole you have to have different channels in which you're trying to uh, engage and influence the customer and so the phone is going to be one of them and and around the phone I mean going back to voicemails um what do you recommend when you're preparing to make a phone call um, to a, a prospect? Um, and, and do you leave a voicemail? For myself, in, in my experience, uh, I do leave a voicemail. I'll make sure that it is very short. And um, oftentimes, like the, I do couple the voicemail with some sort of like previous touch point, so such as like an email. So that's usually what I'll do, but I'll make sure that uh, prior to making that phone call, in in the lucky chance nowadays that they actually pick up, you obviously want to be prepared for that conversation. So you want to do do your research. You want to know who you're talking to and have an understanding of how what is our value proposition in relation to this individual's, say, jobs to be done, right? Or what are their pains? What are their potential gains and things like that? Yeah, I mean, if, if they pick up the phone, I, I try and start with something that a little disarming or humorous, right? Um, I forget where I picked this up, but uh, did I catch you in the middle of a hundred things or a thousand things? And, yeah. and there's a lot of truth in that. And so uh, um, some, you know, that, that I'm not there just to push something right in your face. Right. Um, when I leave a voicemail, if it's the first one, um, I'll, I'll say, this is Kent. Please give me a call back at this number. Um, and that tends to get yeah. some callbacks. Some curiosity a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so it's effective, I think. Um, but phone is not my uh, first uh, touch point. Typically, that's email. Sure. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with you there because the it really often seems that even if I call somebody and do leave them a voicemail and then they do respond, they'll send me an email because obviously I've, already touched base with them through an email or reached out to them through that channel. Yeah. And when we talk about email, um, since this is probably at least right now, the most common form of outreach, um, what are some considerations for some really good response rates when you're formulating an email? Yeah. Good question, Kent. It actually kind of, uh, 
correlates really well with what you mentioned for the type of voicemail that you leave. Something really short kind of sparks some curiosity. So oftentimes when I'm trying to craft an email, especially the first one, I don't necessarily expect to get a response on that first one. I do want to ensure that they're going to open it so that at least I'm kind of starting to initiate that awareness and and uh, just saying, hey, this is who I am. Um, and so a lot of that you can do through your subject line just being something very simple and uh, sparking curiosity or appealing to a specific known need. So if it's a customer that or a potential prospect that you're reaching out to, uh, that you've worked with similar customers and you know one of the struggles they're facing because you've helped a company that's similar, then you might want to create a subject line that kind of speaks to that. Or some of the best success, believe it or not, was with the subject line, good morning, exclamation point, or good afternoon, exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've had uh, similar success using that um, tagline. And I think going back to making it valuable to your your customer i think sometimes as, as sales folks we can get caught up in the excitement of our product or service yeah and maybe forget to put ourselves in the customer's shoes and yep. and ask what is the value here and so that point you made which i think is very important around understanding your customer what's important to them um, and then also how your product or service uh, serves their industry so giving an example of um, another uh, customer you've helped in their industry. Um, the next um, one, as far as cold calling, especially these days, um, is uh, your social uh, outreach, uh, whatever your social media channel yep. is. What are some key aspects you should be thinking about when you're reaching out to someone through social media? And I, I guess the overall question, should you be reaching out to folks yeah, through yeah. social media? Well, I think that... You always hear the term now, the terms of the social selling and the importance of social selling and trying to establish credibility. And uh, oftentimes people say they, they'll buy through buy from people that they know, right? Or they have some sort of connection to. And so it's trying to establish that credibility. The social channels, say, for example, reaching out to somebody on LinkedIn, you hear the complaints all the time that say someone sent them an invite with a little note to connect. They didn't really know them. But then immediately they follow up with a sales pitch, right? And so so I would definitely suggest you don't do that. Um, and at least if you're going to reach out to somebody on the social channels that, it, that you've included it as part of a structured sales campaign, like a prospecting campaign, that it's not your first touch point, that you have already kind of built up some sort of uh, initial awareness, either through phone calls, emails, things like that. And then the social aspect is included where you might shoot an invite over and say, hey, um, you know, saw your saw your profile come up um, as someone I people, you know, I think that's what that's termed. Mm -hmm. And and I think uh, something certainly I've seen you do something um, I do myself is is you look for folks that are relevant in your exactly. industry, uh, common things that you're solving problems in. Exactly. Um, and you connect with them, and they're posting relevant industry information. You're doing the same. And I think we can never forget that what we're trying to do is uh, help them solve a problem. So instead of selling, just think of yourself as helping. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. I, I think we forget that. But I think going back to what you said, you can't 
you can't reach out to these folks right after they accept your uh, invite to connect. Yeah. And with a hard sell. Exactly. Earn it. Yeah. And that's where the, the other aspects of your social presence are so much more important, not from just the individual, but from the company. That's where the company comes into play, where what marketing aspects is your company pushing through social that you as a salesperson can utilize on your own network so that maybe that director, that VP that you just connected with doesn't hit a feel a sales pitch from you but they maybe see something that's more relevant and thought leadership aspect like a blog article something like that and they come to associate you and your company with that brand that right. you've, you've put out there yeah. so I, I think that's yeah. a very important point that maybe we don't always grasp yeah yeah and that it's it's really not about putting a search out there on linkedin and then you're just going through the list of people and sending invites to connect you're ensuring that the people you're connecting with are really relevant to your service because you've already done a lot of like that pre-qualification to say, hey, this is the type of person I work with. That's why I'm reaching out to you. So as you're building your network, it, it, it maintains relevancy into the type of service you're providing and what you're going to be pushing out for content. So you're really honing that target uh, market just to the T. I mean, it's awesome. It's a rifle shot instead of a shotgun blast. Yeah, 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 exactly. Very targeted. And so you you alluded to this um, mostly from your early career in our first uh, podcast, um, and you called it uh, guerrilla uh, <laughs> marketing or guerrilla sales. Sure. And, and really that's the door-to-door yeah. uh, type of prospecting. <laughs> Is that still relevant today? And if so, how should you be leveraging that? Sure. I think that that can still be relevant. I think there are some other aspects that will influence how you do that and what you do and how often, et cetera. Um, So I think the type of product you're selling, I think that uh, the type of people you're trying to connect with all plays a role into that. If you're looking to connect with maybe more entry level, lower level management, then I think there, there can be more success there. If you're trying to get time with like a C-level exec dropping in and trying to like see if you can ask to meet with them isn't really going to work or drop off a card for them. So you, you, um, you know, you and I used to, to sell together. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, there was a, a a prospect that, that we had spent a, a number of hours with, um, had great conversation. Um, and then, uh, went back to reach back out to them for follow-up and, and sure. just went cold yeah and uh we were down in the same area uh for for another meeting uh but you took off and uh did a drop-in yeah. on, on that prospect yeah yeah um i i don't think that ever came to fruition but i i think it's an interesting tactic so you you dropped off some things of value yep that talked about our value prop yeah that were relevant to his needs and and um, highlighted our services, but uh, I think you also dropped off um, some stuff they might share with their team as well. Yeah, uh, what I did, Kent, is based on that first conversation is we obviously uncovered some areas that where we would be able to help and support them um, and uh, help move the organization forward. And so when we went back and through trying to get in touch with them and trying to set that follow-up conversation, which, to be honest, was unsuccessful, um, 
because you mentioned it, it did go cold. And so from a variety of emails, uh, phone calls, things like that, we just weren't able to reconnect. So another touch point I was trying to go for there was crafting more actual physical materials and putting together a few different use cases that applied to what that individual shared with us. And so I stopped in, uh, I put that in a nicely bound um bound organized uh, binder whatever and uh, dropped that off to try and say hey you know what we value your business here's a few more examples to try and show that that credibility because we can we can solve those issues uh didn't turn out to anything but it's one of those things like you're gonna maybe one out of five times that might work right it's you're influencing people yeah and i i think that's that's an interesting um way to kind of wrap up the cold calling segment of this is is it's a it's not any one thing right it's a combination of things so you talked about doing entry points with email uh in-person meeting phone calls um you know reaching out through your social channels um door to door when it comes to it yeah um and so i I think it's a combination of those things i think for me the right combination is um email a uh, couple of touch points there, phone call, social, right. um, and all else fails. Um, you might try that door-to-door. Yeah. So uh, transitioning into um, kind of something that, that probably I spend more time doing as far as outreach um, and really prospecting, and, th- and that's around networking. Um, and we'll start with industry uh, events. And so I know this one can be tough because it's, it's an investment. Um by your organization or by you. Um, but if you can identify the industry or market segment in which your products or services are relevant, um, I have found those have been very, very high value um, things to attend and ultimately drive leads, certainly not immediate, but year over year. Yeah, yeah, very good point. And again, that's one of those aspects where understanding your customer and understanding that if you're not able to get in touch with them for an actual one-on-one meeting to try and figure out how can I be where they're at? That great point, you know, be where your customer's at. Right. Um, and so, um, what about, you know, there's the evolution of, uh, meetups, uh, meetup groups in, in your city, in cities that, uh, you sell into, um, what is the value of attending those uh, sponsoring those, uh, making sure that, that, uh, you're being, you're participating in those. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great points to bring up there, Kent, um, to kind of like, uh, carry on with that. I think whenever we're getting engaged in these conferences or meetups, for example, nowadays, it's, it's not necessarily just going to the event, but it's having a plan around from like what you're doing at that event and then how you're going to use that for kind of more recurring content. So going to a meetup and if you're a sponsor, having having that promoted prior to going to that event, uh, being able to have good, uh, maybe good uh, quotes come out of that event from people that attended and then you're pushing that out through uh, through marketing channels for your organization or even your own personal channels uh, type of like maybe little video snips or um, just uh, photos, things like that. So I think it's not only being at the event but it's how are you going how are you approaching the event and promoting it and then what you're doing at the event and then afterwards how are you still kind of making that content relevant 
Yeah, and, and if you're a sales professional, are you missing out if you're not using your social media channels, LinkedIn, right. Twitter, uh, as um, professional um, channels for marketing? Are you missing out? Yeah, I man, that's a that's a really great point because I I oftentimes wonder how many people are actually utilizing those social channels as well as they could at uh, the current organization like we had uh, sales navigator for LinkedIn and the teams just weren't weren't using it uh, as they could and so that's what makes me wonder okay when we're thinking about some of these social channels it it kind of relates to when an organization brings in a new CRM right where you're kind of under trying to figure out how do we want them to use this CRM? How do they need to use it? And you're building process around it, and then you're educating and training those folks on it. So, to me, I don't, th- I don't, I haven't seen organizations put that same type of emphasis around the social aspect. So, for social selling, it's like, what does this process look like, guys? How do we want to use Facebook, LinkedIn to not only promote me as individual contributor, but also, how does that play into how I'm promoting what's going on with the rest of the organization? I think it's a key part of networking yeah. uh, in today's world. Totally. Um, and I do think, given there's so many channels that you have to work through, yeah. utilizing your tools, whether that's your client relationship manager um, or um, your social networks, um, it's important that you're constantly building both your personal and organizational brand um, and I think a lot of times there's a perception that these tools um, cost a lot of money um, or they're not worth the investment. And right. I would challenge that saying there's some very uh, high value, low dollar solutions on the market out there um, that any in organization, no matter what your size, can can uh, put in place. Um, and uh, I think the investment will, will pay off. Um, but again, goes back to building your brand, whether that's in uh, an industry event, uh, meetups, uh, attending a conference, or or that's through your online social media channels. And so, um, going to marketing because we've been hitting on that a little bit throughout of here, and and really we're talking about B two B marketing. Um, and, and so, there's a couple of different things out there you can invest. Right, each salesperson has their own budget. How are they going to spend that? Um, is direct mail a viable option? Is that the direction folks should be looking at first? Again, good good question there, Kent. Uh, direct mail seemed to be the one of the only channels years ago, right? It wasn't too long ago that uh, crafting the little uh, mailers and having a call to action on that was was basically the the main driver. Um, but now, over the last what is it, the last uh, five ten years, maybe how how much more um, utilizing the uh, the digital channels has really become an expectation not really a choice for organizations anymore it's the expectation but the uh, I think the digital mail or the excuse me the direct mail piece I think there's still some relevancy there because I don't necessarily think that for one it's inexpensive it's probably a lesser expensive form and if you've been able to really target those customers that that you know that are very similar to companies com- customers you've worked with in the past or something like that and you've been able to really target them i think that you can make that relevant versus maybe necessarily like blasting it out but 
um, I guess there's a couple different approaches a com- company can take with that. Well, I think, you know, to, to make that investment pay off, there's another, um, you've got to invest in where you're driving those folks to off sure. of that, right? So yeah. if I've got on my uh, direct mail campaign a uh, QR code that sends you to my website, I should have made an investment in my website to make sure my message yeah. is concise, yeah. relevant, and communicating uh, what I want my customer to com- uh, understand about my organization. Um, and I think that's more and more important as we have these consumers that are really empowered. They go out and do the research before making a buying decision. By the time you talk to them, they've, they've probably uh, looked at a ton of this stuff online. Yeah, exactly. Or they've been called by three companies by you in the last day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like and so some things that uh, we, we spoke about earlier, right, so that you would invest in is, is sponsored events, um, getting building your brand. Um, another um, thing, and you brought this up before we started today, was was investing in um, hosting an open house at your organization. And so talk a little bit about the value behind doing something like that. Yeah, I've... I can see some value in that as uh, as a key element as part of like your organizational like promotional campaigns and uh, how you position that to just the the right customers that you're going after. Maybe you've identified uh, clients that are more of like these investment accounts where basically you can see them as a, a customer that not only maybe utilizes one of your services or maybe one of your products, but maybe they fit into the greater breadth of your product offering so that you can position multiple products, multiple services. So those are the types of individuals you want in, in those types of like events. I mean, you want to kind of get them to come into your, your organization, get a feel for your culture and really help further develop that kind of closer knit relationship. Yeah, I think that makes sense, right? You're you're building a, a relationship, and I think relationship sales is still very, very relevant. Yep. Uh, we're moving away from that. I mean, certainly things are going to be more transactional as, as time moves on here, but I don't think we ever lose the importance of uh, relationship sales. Uh, and speaking of those uh, relationship sales, um, you know, the most valuable lead you could get is a referral. That's oh, yeah. much more likely to turn into an actual uh, sale. You're much more likely to close those leads. Um, and, and really, I think this breaks down into two main categories for referrals. One is a customer referral. You're working for those. And then um, a business partner referral. Um, and so let's start with customer referral. Um how are you getting a customer referral? Should you just be calling your customers up and asking for referrals? I think once you've been able to be engaged with an organization and once you've you've built that trust, that credibility, and you've provided the value that, that you expected to and that they expected you to, I think I don't think there's anything wrong with being able to say, hey, you know, it's been great working with you guys over the last six months to build out this application or do this or that. Um, would you be okay with being able to like share some share some potential referrals or would you even asking for something as simple as like a testimonial, right? Um, and so that goes back to the marketing. Yeah, I think I, for me, I I strongly believe you've got to earn it. Yeah. Earn the right yeah. to ask for it. And, and really, if you're doing your job, 
potentially you're not going to have to ask for it, right? If right. you're doing a really good job, they're automatically doing the referrals. And so um, I, I'm not as on board with the message of, you know, go ask for your customers to give you a referral. Certain, right. yeah, earn it, one. Yeah. Uh, and then two, if you're really doing your job, potentially don't have to ask for it um, from a customer referral standpoint. But um, that really goes to uh, treating your customer well. Uh, that old adage, the customer is always right, That that's very true uh, both today and will always be. Uh, so if you treat your customers well and deliver for them, you're going to drive those customer referrals. Yeah, and even just kind of t- touching on that a little bit more, um, when you're working with, say, a larger organization and you're navigating around, obviously meeting with a lot of different individuals, maybe different departments, and uh, so you're working a lot of different different types of value propositions within the same organization, being able to, again, going back to building that relationship and getting that trust and credibility. So then you can actually have, you know, you can call them like an internal ally or an internal champion, whatever you want to kind of give that term to. And those are those individuals that are in an organization that they trust that you're going to, you're going to obviously have the integrity to help them. And you're not just trying to flip them a sales pitch and they're going to be looking for opportunities for you. So instead of just referring you to another organization, they're going to try and find opportunities for you within their company, and they're going to try and engage you more. Yeah, and I think that that's the important thing, right? It's not uh, you're not doing a sale today, um, right. and, and it's not so transactional. It's really about the long game in sales, and uh, certainly we'll. It's important to get sales in the door now, so you're feeding. Uh, your family now, but we'll talk about how you develop a, a healthy pipeline that allows you to invest in your customers um, over the long run. But I think it's really important to look at sales as a long game. Um, it, it's not here today, uh, gone tomorrow type of thing, and, and that's never going to give you uh, revenue year over year. And and so, you know, let's transition to something that I think it is very uh, valuable that I'm not sure folks utilize uh, enough, and that is uh, the power of utilizing and leveraging uh, business partner referrals. And that is, you know, when you're at some of these industry events, when you're at some of these conferences or meetup groups, that you're making the connections with other organizations that have uh, similar or or maybe it's even dissimilar um, services uh, or complementary services where they can refer customers to you. Um, and I know uh, both you and I have benefited from that over the years um, from customers that had a very, very similar service but didn't exactly serve the same market. And so once they had hooked those customers, they had served them, they'd say, well, okay, you have this new need. Why don't you give uh, Kent or Matt a call? Um, and, and so I think that's an area that folks don't necessarily leverage enough. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? That's um – that's another good aspect for us to, to touch on. Um, I think that being able to understand like where that's, that's really being able to understand how you're positioning your company and what that customer looks like. And then being able to not only understand what you have to offer, but understand who else is playing in this market, who else is trying to like go after these same customers. And so there might be a little bit of overlap, but more maybe complementary type service and being able to connect with those companies, um, I think, is just valuable. I think that's a higher level of 
sales expertise when you're able to put those two things together and think about those types of like um, those types of partnerships. Yeah, you can't be all things to everyone. Right. And um, you know, handing off a lead to to someone else is gonna come back and pay dividends. Yeah. Um, it certainly always has uh, for me and continues to. And I, I just think that's something um, salespeople need to leverage more. They really do. All right. So our, our key takeaways uh, from today, um, you know, we started with cold calling. So some key takeaways from cold calling is, is certainly know your customer. Um, know um, what they value, what services they're looking for, and how your product or services can uh, solve their need. Um, so you really have to invest in, in do, outlining your customer profile before you pick up that phone and start dialing or, or send out that email. Uh, because again, you know, like we talked about, uh, think of yourself as helping them solve a problem rather than selling uh, them something. You're really coming alongside of them as a partner channel. And so we talked a little bit about a multi-channel approach as well, Matt. Yeah, sure did. Um, and that multi-channel approach, guys, let's think about like what are these different touch points? You can't just like email, 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 call, call, call. It's a, it's a matter of utilizing all these different creative channels that you're putting together in a structured campaign, right? So to attune yourself to that individual and think about if you're in their shoes, would you want someone just calling you 12 times, um, you know, within two or three weeks? Yeah, it's it's a multi-channel approach. And I think, you know, we can leave people with as far as the cold calling thing. We know that's tough. It's yep. not the funnest thing we do. But don't give up. Uh, yep. it, it really does take um, multiple touch points and follow-ups. Um, like you said, you can expect to do about 12 touch points before you get a meeting. So don't get discouraged. Keep reaching out. Um, and continue to do um, the cold calling process. It's so important uh, when you're prospecting. And so the next thing was uh, networking. Um, and I think our key takeaways from this are, are really prepare for the event. Reach out to folks ahead of time. Really map out how you're going to spend your time. You've invested in, in the ticket price of attending a conference um, or, or an event. Make the most out of it. Don't just go and, and walk the booths, you know, intentionally seek out uh, decision makers or folks that could potentially become a customer. Um, and uh, you mentioned be where your customers are. Exactly. And that's all about being able to uh, better understand those, the customers, right? The customer need, uh, how your product fits, uh, where that, where that, those industries fit. Um, so it is, if you're not getting responses from these individuals, it is trying to figure out, Hey, where do they, where do they go? Where does like a vice president of operations, um, where do they find value? You know, what are, where are they going to for, um, growing their expertise or helping their business? That's where you need to be. And the next thing we talked about was, is really some marketing because that that's part of lead generation. Um, and one of the key takeaways was investing in your web pres presence. Make sure your website clearly uh, and concisely uh, demonstrates your products or services um, so people can easily discern what it is you do. 
Um, and we also talked about potentially sponsoring events and we didn't mention this before, but I'm a big believer in seeking out those speaking engagements. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. I think it's important to, to get your message out there, talk to folks about what's relevant to them. And, um, I I don't think we should be afraid of that. They, they want to learn about what your services are, what potential value you could bring to them. Uh, so don't be afraid about seeking out those speaking engagements. And then the other one we touched on was um, having a uh, social presence. Yeah, the social presence is key, guys. And the social presence correlates really well with that whole seamless marketing approach. And that on the social presence, you're not just pushing a sales pitch. That along with speaking engagements and these other conferences you're attending and how you're trying to show um, show yourself as a thought leader as a market leader uh, knowledgeable on your customer your industry your products services all of that Um, that is where social needs to really align with that and so as if there's some sales managers out there listening or uh, operations like let's ensure that your sales teams have a good understanding of how do we best utilize social as the individual, as a team, let's let's build a process around that, much like you would do with utilizing a CRM system like we touched on. It's some of your sales folks might naturally gravitate to using a social channel to the to its fullest, um, where others might just, you know, play around with it and not have a real understanding of how to utilize it. And the last thing in I think one of the most important things we're talking about lead generation that we spoke about was uh, getting referrals and certainly from customer uh, referrals. But um, we really spent some time talking about uh, finding some key partnerships so you can get some business uh, referrals. Yeah. And and that that business referral, again, goes goes back to really understanding where your service or product fits and what are those complementary services or products that would align with the same type of customers you guys are servicing. So if you're a, if you're a great front-end design company, how do we partner up with like an infrastructure or back-end organization um, to really kind of like help help create that full solution for a customer where you guys are potentially pulling each other into deals? I mean, that is an excellent situation to be in. Totally agree. We've we that's very very important that that we drive those those key uh, partners. Don't be afraid to do that. Again, can't be all things to everyone. And, and we'll kind of end this up with looking for those customer referrals. And our message there is treat your customers well, and they will refer um, leads to you. Earn it. You know that's our message. Earn it. Pick up the phone. Treat your customers well, service them well, deliver on what you said you were going to do, earn the referral. Right on. All right. So we, you know, take these four areas, um, cold calling, networking, marketing, and and referrals, and put those into practice. And we want to hear about how that um, went for you. We want your feedback on these things, and we'll talk about that here. So um, I think we did it, man. Yeah, I think we're good. I think you taught me something. (laughs) Every day. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. See ya. All right. That's our show for today Um, around lead generation. Hopefully you got some key takeaways that you can put into practice out there. 
Uh, join us back here next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you.